Christmas, everyone, and welcome to This Week in the Bear Cave, still the show about nothing that talks about everything. I'm Dennis Errol, and sitting in the co-pilot seat today is our field producer and journalist du jour, Trevor Phipps. Uh, remember now, you can listen to us on Spotify, on Anchor by Spotify, and also Podbean. This week, we are sponsored by Abode Real Estate, your professional real estate advisors in Colorado Springs and Teller County, and Animus Wellbeing, a holistic approach to helping people achieve a more mindful and healthier way of life. Well, we are going to uh, kind of step away from our format uh, this week because we're doing kind of a, I don't know, I guess a pseudo Christmas show. For the first segment of the show today, we have brought in some of our friends to the Bear Cave and people who really need no introduction, but we're going to do one anyway. Our first guest is Lieutenant Lieutenant now, Renee Bunting from the Teller County Sheriff's Office. And uh, first time in the Bear Cave. Yes, my first time. It's very nice down here. That's a case of beer. (laughs) (laughs) Case of beer. We're so lucky. And our our second person who needs no introduction as well is a person who kind of got us started. So we blame you for everything that goes wrong, Tommy. And that's uh, Tommy Allen, who, as you know, is running for a seat on the Teller County... Well, I'm running for county commissioner. County commissioner. District two. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, you know, a lot of work with the sheriff's office. But this week we're here to talk about uh, the honorary deputy sheriff. Well, I'm, I'm here representing the honorary De- uh, deputy sheriff's association. Apparently I'm going to stumble over my words today, too. That's okay. I do it all the time. Well, anyway, welcome to the Bear Cave. We're glad to have you guys here. And uh, we're kind of uh, trying to do some Christmas kind of stuff, you know, and get away from our, our normal uh, first act, which is, you know, it's always kind of wrapped around politics and, and things that, that uh, people do that aren't necessarily smart. So it's, yeah, it's all low hanging fruit. Like yeah, I said before, we're kind of going in the other direction. Well, at least Renee and I are, I'm sorry, <laughs> Lieutenant Bunting and I are. That's right. Uh, that's a long time coming. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So do you, do you get to like push people around and. No, I really don't. I she kinda, was doing that anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, I kind of did a little bit. assigned a rank to what she was already doing. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I got a question for you because, um, because it is Christmas and you guys are so involved with the, with the community and stuff like that. Shopping for heroes. That's, that's a, uh, that's a big program. And it's, it's nothing new. I mean, there's a lot of law enforcement agencies around the country that have been doing it for years, but uh, kind of wrap up uh, what you guys were able to accomplish this season. So, you know, um, in the past, we've always had shop with a cop and uh, the fire department, the EMS, they wanted to get involved and be a part of it because they just thought it was such a great thing. And so a couple of years ago, we actually reached out and said, Hey, let's do this. And uh, we made it shop with a hero. So they, we all show up and uh, we take the kids Christmas shopping. They get so much money. The Honorary Deputy Sheriff's Association, they help us to raise the money. And this year we raised over $50,000. Wow. So yeah. we were t- able to take over 300 kids Christmas shopping. And I'll tell you, Saturday was total chaos at Walmart. It was just jam-packed with kids shopping. Uh, just just a good time. You know, um, the Woodland Park McDonald's, they do all the food, uh, the breakfast food for the kids. So and they feed them all for free, absolutely for free. And it's just such a great community event. Everybody wants to be a part of it. Um, we have so many people want to volunteer and help out. And this year, uh, Dr. Neal, uh, the superintendent, he actually reached out to us and said, hey, can we can we participate? Can I have my principals there? And we were like, absolutely. And the kids just love seeing the principals, oh, the you know, up too. there. Oh, yeah. The parent, they all did. They just love seeing the principals there at the registers when they were checking out. So it was great. How are kids, are kids selected or? So actually it's on, uh, based on people that are on assistance. Uh, the sheriff's department, the police departments, we actually don't get to pick the kids. 
the kids are um, given to us through the Aspen Mind Center, Community Partnership, Community Cupboard, uh, Little Chapel Food Pantry, and also the school system. Um, they go through and they give us the kids' names. They actually ask the parents first to make sure it's okay that they're put on that list to go shopping with the heroes. Um, because as you know, sometimes that family may have had a run-in with law enforcement. So we want to make sure that everybody feels comfortable. And it really is a great way for the uh, deputies and officers to bond with the kids. So it's, it's really great. You know, specifically on that, by the way, with the, with the parents that are uh, that may have had a run-in with law enforcement and don't want to participate in Shop of the Hero, that's unfortunate because the law enforcement and the first responders that are out there, they don't hold that against those people. It's Christmas. They, right. they're, they're there for the kids, not for the parents. So, by the way, parents, if you're listening here and you may have had a, an interesting time with our law enforcement personnel and you get selected to the shop of the hero, please, please participate. You're not going to get rolled up. You're not going to have anybody say anything bad about you. They're like I said, it's there for the kids. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a natural reaction. It's, it, look, it's not the kid's fault. The kids are, you know, the kids are kids. That's just, that's just it. They have no control over what their parents do on their Right. In their in their other lives. But uh, Trevor, you had something to say. Yeah, I was just kind of curious. You said that we're able to raise over 50,000. So how does that compare with years past? Is that like a record breaking thing? Or? Absolutely. That is the most money we've ever raised. But, you know, I'll tell you, before we even started this year, we already had 117 names submitted to us and we hadn't really even announced the program yet that we were going to have it. So, and, and Tommy can uh, testify, I was like freaking out because <laughs> yeah. I was like, we don't have that kind of money. I mean, yeah. we haven't even started. And so we actually started reaching out to the community and it was just an overwhelming response. Um, we had done a podcast and people were donating to our site. They were bringing money to the sheriff's office because they wanted to participate. And because not only do we do Shop with a Hero, we also do the toy drive and also the coat collection. So we do that throughout. Um, the, the time frame also so that when people come to pick up their um, the meals at the food pantry or the community cupboard uh, during the month, they can also get a coat, get a jacket, get a pack of socks. Um, they There's toys there. The fire departments, you know, they, they have the auxiliaries that wrap the presents for the kids and then they take them out and deliver them with a little box meal. Um, we just had so many this year that were reaching just like last year. And we really didn't even think we'd have that many because we really kind of thought the whole COVID thing, you know, people were back to work, people were doing again. But um, yeah, when we had that, so many names before we even started the program, I, I was getting worried that we were not going to have enough money to take the kids shopping. And we were able to give each one of the kids $100 and, buy Christmas presents. So that was, that was, it just makes you feel so good. So that's one thing I, I keep talking about all the time and, and uh, which is unique to any place I've ever lived before. Taylor County is all about charitable deeds and there's charities, I mean, everywhere. And it's not just during Christmas, it's all year long. Right. Whether it's cruise above the clouds, whether it's uh, shopping with heroes, what, whatever it is, it's, it's all about charity. And not to say that that doesn't happen in other cities at all, because it does. It's just that we're so inundated with noise and all this other crap that we just, I think we're closer to it here because we're, we are a small community. You know, and you, you bring up a great point because one of the things that I realized when we moved here, I mean, I feel like I've waited my whole life to volunteer, uh, to give back. And so when we finally got to Woodland Park, I was like, oh my gosh, finally I get to volunteer. But, you know, I just couldn't believe 
all the different nonprofits, how everybody's raising money for something else. I mean, for another project and how the whole community comes together. Even when we do like um, my favorite is Fourth of July, the old fashioned picnic in the park. Everybody comes in. Everything is for free. Uh, you know, you have music, you have food, you have just everybody's out there, every, the whole town. And so um, it's so great. And then uh, even even the day after, you know, um, the symphony above the clouds. You know, people come from Colorado Springs and, you know, uh, Pikes Peak area just to see that. The cannons are up there. It's such a great time. The fireworks. It, it's such a community. Um, I mean, it's a great feeling uh, to be there uh, having a picnic on the lawn, uh, you know, with your neighbors. It, it's just it's just the camaraderie. That's what I love. That's what I love about it. Well, during during the whole Shop of the Hero thing, as we're out there working, people are coming by. What, what What's happening? Oh, it's, it's Shop of the Hero. Oh, and they start digging in their pockets so they can donate what they've got <laughs> on them to, to the to the effort. And sure. so that's great seeing people just, you know, right there, snap decision. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going I'm to give to this. Yeah. Saying saying Renee's a volunteer is like the biggest understatement in this entire <laughs> county. Who, who who is saying Renee's not a volunteer? Renee's like the hardest working person in the county. It's like the Energizer Bunny on, <laughs> on steroids. Right. And now that we're talking about that, how many different organizations do you volunteer for, Renee? Oh gosh, so um, well, you know, I was the the president of Kiwanis, which I absolutely love. That's another group that's all about the kids, and then uh, Woodland Park Main Street. Um, I just was the president for the Pikes Peak Regional Peace Officer uh, Regional Memorial Foundation, which raises money for fallen officers. And, um, you know, and, and the biggest thing, um, I'll tell you, when I first came here, Keep Woodland Park Beautiful. That was my, I love, love, loved being on that. And, uh, and I had to give that up to Pat Hislip, who I'm sure you know. She's another go-getter, so I love that. But, um, yeah, I try to be a part of... Everything just to know what's going on, um, where you know where they really need help, where they need the volunteers. Um, sometimes people they hit a wall and um, they don't know what to do to to help raise that money. You know who to reach out to, um, who their supporters are. So that's my biggest thing is that you have to you have to do those uh, those mixers and um, mingle and get to know that community and who's going to be a supporter. You know, have a little wine and cheese gathering and say, you know, you can donate tonight and, and see who follows you, who signs up for that newsletter, who wants to hear back. Um, and, and that's how you have to do it, especially here in this community, because, you know, people don't want to come out of their houses. Um, they're up here with Teller County for a reason. They just don't want to be bothered. So you really have to, you know, do something that appeases them so that they come out and support your organization. I, I think that's a good point because uh, I found myself doing that. And this is my second uh, Christmas up here in Teller County. And, uh, you know, of course, last year was kind of a bummer for everybody. And then, uh, you know, I kind of kicked every the Christmas parade and all that kind of stuff, kicked everything off. And it's like, oh, it's, it's you know, we're back. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's a very fine line between isolation and, you know, starting to go into depression and things like that, which, you know, it's a, it's a common theme that happens in, in holidays, but you know, when you're up in the mountains, it's kind of a common theme that happens all year round. So right. you kind of <laughs> got to get out and, you know, sure. Uh, but you know, there are people who, who definitely want to be isolated and just left alone and, Absolutely. and uh, you know, get off my lawn kid and, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of people, <laughs> but uh, I'm not one of them, but, but I do, I you know, occasionally I find myself slipping into that. It's like, okay, I, I have to get in my car, just drive downtown, go to city market or wherever, go get a cup of coffee and just like, okay, you know, everything's cool again. But uh, I, can, I can see that that happening up here. I can I can definitely relate to that. But uh, because we're talking about Christmas, we're going to put you guys on the on the spot here just a little bit. So, what was your 
favorite, maybe not favorite Christmas, but what was one of your more memorable Christmases? And it, it doesn't have to be in Taylor County, just uh, in general. Well, um, so as a kid, my parents didn't have a lot of money. And I just remember one year I really, really wanted uh, these hiking boots with the red laces. They were like so big this year. And um, and I was probably only like, I don't know, 10 or 11. But all my friends were getting them and I just really wanted them. And I still remember my mom saying, well, we really can't afford it. And so um, all the presents were open. We got the usual stuff, you know, the underclothes, the socks and things you need to have. And all of us had gotten three presents, my brothers and I. I mean, because I was counting. And uh, anyhow, there was this one uh, box all the way to the back, but it had my dad's name on it. And uh, and so anyhow, my mom said, oh, he's going to open that later. And so we were all sitting there having, you know, my mom always made his like shrimp cocktail for um, Christmas Eve. It was just a big deal. And uh, so anyhow, finally, my dad comes in and he gets that big box and he goes, oh, I think Santa put the wrong name on this package. And so he reaches over and I mean, immediately, as soon as I saw the box, I knew what it was. And I was just, oh, look, I'm already crying. My parents, you know, I knew we just didn't have the money. And I treasure, I mean, I wore them until every little um, triangle clamp fell off because I just <laughs> loved them so much. Yeah. And um, yeah, and it was just, the, to me, it was just the greatest thing because I thought my parents work, you know, a lot of jobs and uh, just for them to be able to buy that for me. So, I mean, it's just, I can see it as if it was yesterday, so. I, I know those exact boots that you were talking about. <laughs> it's like, oh man, they got a Vibram sole on them and they got all this kind of, yeah. And that was, that was kind of a, a, a hot footwear for, for chicks back then in the day. <laughs> if you're in Durango or you're in the mountains or something like that, like every girl I knew had like those boots. And I was like, oh man, she's got those boots, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Tommy, how about you? Well, actually, so my, my, one that I think is most memorable for me was actually in Afghanistan. Uh, you know, during Christmas, all the senior NCOs, all the senior officers go and they serve the the troops. They go and they, the we had Nepalese contractors that were serving our food and and. I, on, a, on a typical day, I'd go through and I'm always like high-fiving and talking to the Nepalese guys because I'd been to Nepal. And so we were, you know, they all, they all really, really, we all really got along very well. And uh, so I come walking in there on Christmas and they're all kind and they're all trying to pull me to their station and finally get that station and that I'm going to be at, which would turn out to be the ice cream station. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, but, uh, you know, the troops are coming in and throwing them some ice cream, give them, you know, a little extra tall pile that, the, that they weren't expecting kind of thing. And then afterwards, I we all got together with the Nepalese guys. And we just hung out and we ate and we talked and you know, we, we were letting, letting them kind of know what Christmas was about. I mean, they'd been around for Christmas before, but, you know, they're not, they're, they're, um, not Christians typically, and so they don't quite understand Christmas and what it's about. And so we, you know, and not just, you know, hey, you can celebrate too, really. Just be good to your fellow man. That's really what Christmas is about. And so they really enjoyed that and really, really identified with it. And, and we just we just had so much fun. And then like for the rest of that month or I don't know, for a while later, um, they were, hey, Christmas, Christmas for the, for the rest of the time. <laughs> It's funny you talk about the uh, Nepalese people, and you know I was in Nepal, and in, in, uh, right after the earthquake in 20, 2015, I think was the earthquake. So I was there in twenty sixteen, then you know back again um, after that. And I have friends who who wish me Merry Christmas, but generally it's you know you're either Hindu or Buddhist, and there are a few Christians, but very few and far between. But uh, when you talk about the Nepalese people, it's like they're. Uh, I remember going to Kathmandu the very first time, 
And it was the biggest organized chaos I'd ever right, seen in my life. Insane. There's not a traffic light. There's not a stop sign. If there was, you would have like crashes left and right all the time. But well, then there's the cows that'll walk into the street. And since cows are separate yeah. animals, well, you're not messing with them. You just, you're going to wait. It's a, it's a phenomenal place. But uh, hey, yeah, I was, do you have a worse Christmas? Do you have one that uh, you'd rather just forget, Renee? No, I really don't. Even, uh. Even when we were in the middle, you know, my husband very seldom uh, would make it home for holidays. But when he did, you know, we always would have everything, our birthday, anniversary, whatever. And um, but I just, you know, um, I always just try if I didn't have anywhere to go, I had people that I was in the military with or the people that I worked with. And that the army taught me that that was my family. You know, that's my family. I I wasn't with my family, but um, whoever, wherever I was working, whatever I was doing. Those were the people that were my family, just just like the sheriff's office. You know, I think that that's um, really so close knit. Um, You you know everything about each other. And I and I love that because that's how it should be in a big city. You you don't have that. You don't have that closeness. And um, so I never really feel alone um, a holiday or a birthday or and and I just like that. So I've never had a I've never had a bad Christmas. Well, talk about big cities. I lived in one of the biggest ones in the world, and there's way too much closeness for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And generally speaking, it's like, yeah, well, we're all up here. Yeah, 14, 14 million people in the county. That's uh, that's uh, that's a little overwhelming. But uh, hey, what about you, Tommy? Is there a Christmas? Or, were you ever scrooging on anything? No, I got to I have to reflect Renee's sentiment about being because I've, I've spent some Christmas in some pretty unpleasant places. Yeah, you, know, you have. I have. Anybody who's been in the military has. But like Renee was talking about, you're there with your brothers and sisters and you are you know that they make all of that very special. Yeah, that, that feeling of community and closeness, especially at those times like Christmas and Thanksgiving, birthdays, even you really can rely on those men and women around you to, to make you feel like you belong and that it's it's a good day. I agree. And uh, if, if people didn't catch on when I said, hey, first time case of beer, it's kind of a veterans thing. Yeah. Uh, j- just just know that buying a case <laughs> of beer is a lot cheaper than a coin check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just uh, I want to thank you guys for stopping in and uh, and everything you do for our podcast and everything you do for the uh, for the community in general. One thing we're, we're going to save this for a minute, but uh, uh, an early Christmas present for Tommy, and that is that we uh, the Bear Cave is officially getting behind your campaign. Oh, that's outstanding. Wow, we are, nice. Our, 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 and uh, our tens of listeners, <laughs> we, uh, we are officially endorsing Tommy Allen for uh, county commissioner. Oh, thank, great. Uh, thank you very much. I am that, I, I'm super, well, oh. obviously I'm, I'm stumbling all over myself. I'm very <laughs> pleased by that. Thank you very much. That, that's outstanding. Look, we're not that cool. Oh, you are. You are. <laughs> we thought about this for a while. It's like, yeah, we'll wait for Christmas and, and we'll we'll do an endorsement. I'm going to really start kicking things up in the new year here. Um, Christmas will be over and I'll be able to really concentrate. You know, right now I'm concentrating on family. My family's out from where they live and uh, visiting. They'll be here through New Year's. And, and so I, yeah, I have only got so much time with them. And so I maximize that time as much as I can. So after that, I'll get back into the campaign really hard and heavy. Good. You have a, a place to record or uh, a voice on, on this show anytime you want it. So I appreciate it. But again, you know, thanks for stopping by for a while. And uh, I'm going to have a fun time cutting through all this kind of stuff. <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, Merry Christmas to yeah. you. Yep. Merry Christmas to you and to everybody out there Merry listening. Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you as well. All right. When we come back, we're going to cover some more Christmas type of stuff. So go hang those clean socks. Well, maybe they're dirty on the chimney. I don't know. But uh, we'll be right back. Don't go away. 
You know, moving can be stressful. I know. I've moved 13 times in 20 years and have lived in four different states. When it finally came time to move back to Colorado, Woodland Park and Teller County were our target locations. But before I moved back home, I was looking for a real estate broker who understood and had experience with military families and knew the area well. I found Abode Real Estate and Joshua Dorsey. I called Josh right away and it only took 35 days to not only find our forever home, but to close and move into it. Josh understood exactly what we were looking for because he's a common sense person and knows a good deal from a bad one. He'll make every effort to make sure you get the home that you absolutely want and love. As your real estate advisor, Josh will focus on client satisfaction. His business is about service and he's not happy until you're happy. Whether it's finding you a home, finding the best loan, or helping you get the most out of selling your home, Josh is there to guide you. So if you're considering a real estate professional, give Josh a call today at 719-433-4773 or email him at joshua at csabode.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A at csabode.com. I'm confident that you will be completely satisfied. Welcome back to the Bear Cave and to our pseudo Christmas show. I guess that's for lack of better words. And uh, hey, Trevor, I, I got to ask you some questions that the same thing that I asked uh, Renee before. It's like, uh, do you have a favorite Christmas or one that sticks out? There was one Christmas that um, I don't know, and it ended up being really bad. I guess it started out not that good because my dad passed away almost eight years ago. And he passed away like late January. And so that next December, we were, we, my mom and I weren't really into Christmas because we were still kind of mourning, still kind of sad. And so we decided to go stay at a cabin nearby where we spread his ashes up towards Mount Princeton area. And we had a, and we used to stay there when we were, when I was a kid, whole bunch. So we know the owners and the owner, we told her what happened and she let us stay there for free. So it was kind of, it was the first time I've always spent it with my family. So it was kind of the first time that. My mom and I just kind of branched out and did our own thing. And we were in a peaceful cabin out in the woods and went to the hot springs. And, you know, it was just, it was really nice. It was a little bit different, but we enjoyed being out there. And then we were there where my dad was and that was really cool. And then I, I've also got a kind of other side. I have a funny Christmas story to tell. So it was, I, I can't remember. I was probably maybe preteens or maybe a little younger. I was a kid and, um, was 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 Britney Spears involved? <laughs> no, I think this is before Britney. Oh, okay. So, so my dad came up to me. It was right before Christmas. Came up to me. He's like, "Oh, so excited!" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Cause my mom, she had like a minivan, and she she lost a hubcap or she broke a hubcap or something." So my dad comes up to me. He's like, "It's like, yeah, I'm I'm I bought your mom hubcaps for Christmas," and he's all excited about it. And, you know, me being a guy, I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And like, so it's this huge box. And so he wraps up this huge box. My mom has the biggest box with her name on it under the tree. And, you know, me and my dad are like, yeah, you know, this is going to be cool. And, and we, so Christmas Day comes around and she's all excited for like a week about she's got the biggest present under the tree. I think I know what's going to happen. <laughs> and she opens it and gets hubcaps and like got pissed, like nearly like cried, like nearly broke down in trees. Me and my dad are just kind of sitting there confused. We're like, what? You know, you needed hubcaps. Like we thought it was a cool present. And she's like, 
You don't give hubcaps to your wife for Christmas. <laughs> oh, that is such a dude thing to do. Uh, and she still talks about it to this day. Like I said, my father's been passed away for eight years and she still brings it up. Jeez. Like, remember that one time I got hubcaps for Christmas? <laughs> Yeah, she goes. She goes and visits his his grave. It's like you know, I, I will never forget you about the hubcaps for Christmas. Uh, well, it was, and my sister got it too. Like, you know, it was it was kind of like a male female thing. Like my sister was like, oh my god, why would you get her hubcaps? And but my dad and I, uh, you know, we thought we thought it was cool. She needed it. And, yeah. yeah, it would have been great if they had been like spinners or something like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So so don't buy your wife or significant other hubcaps. They need hubcaps, just buy it for them and don't wait till Christmas. I will take that one to uh, to heart. Yeah, it is such a it's such a guy thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're doing something really cool. It's like they're really gonna appreciate it. It's like, this is not what I wanted. Yeah. Well and You gave me a hubcap for Christmas. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and what I've learned is you don't give women stuff they need or stuff you need as a household. You don't give to women for their Christmas. Christmas right. is supposed to be something special, it's, but you're supposed to put thought into it. Not just buy them a can opener that you need and wrap it up and put it under the tree. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going down that rabbit hole at all, man. It's just like, you know, this is our, our last show of the, of the year, and uh, I don't think I can take that much hate mail. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, good advice. But uh, I have one that I, I remember. Um, I think I was like seven years old. And uh, I don't know why this sticks out, but, uh, you know, same thing. I, was, I came from a really poor family. My par- family were immigrants, and, and uh, I grew up in a German household, so I, I never got into the whole Santa's coming down the chimney thing and elves and reindeer, all that kind of stuff. You know, because traditionally, you know, we open presents on, on Christmas Eve. So it was always kind of weird because my friends were, you know, traditional American families, and, you know, we were Germans and you know, other kind of stuff. But uh, my siblings are like 15, 16 years older than I am. So anytime they came over to Christmas, that was, was a big deal. And uh, my brother was in the military. He took leave, came home. So I'm excited. I'm like, this is going to be great. And uh, all my relatives are there. Big Christmas dinner. So we get ready to open up presents. So we're getting ready to open up all the presents. And it's like, I've got all of these big boxes with my name on it. This is awesome. So the first one I open up, I get this whole, like, uh, I had a fire engine, you know, a ladder truck, a tanker truck, and uh, all, all these firemen, you know, so it's like, that was pretty cool. And uh, I think it was my, my sister and my brother-in-law gave me a Lionel electric train. I'm like, oh, okay, this is really awesome. So the last one I open up is, it's one of these, back in the day they had, uh, be, you know, it was before RC cars and RC planes and that kind of stuff, so... This is a full-on Corsair fighter plane that's gas-operated, and they were they were controlled by a stick and and, uh, and string, you know. So, what's the first thing my brother and my brother-in-law do? They take this into the kitchen and they start firing it up. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So they pour in the gasoline and they start it up, and it's loud as hell. You know, it's just just going crazy. But it was like the coolest as far as gifts goes, because you know, you're a seven-year-old kid. Yeah, you know, I'm wearing hand-me-down clothes, all that kind of stuff. I just remember that. After that plane got started, I never used it again. <laughs> yeah. Never took it out of the box. I'm seven years old. What do I know about you know firing up an airplane and you know flying it around on some wire guided kind of kind of handle? It's like that was the last time. But it just stuck out because it's like everybody's there and I got all these cool gifts. But uh, and I, I'm one of those two. I, I don't know that I ever had a bad Christmas. 
But uh, I do know that this year, for example, I'm kind of more minimalist than I used to be. So my wife and I, you know, we have we have our Christmas decorations and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we're not doing gifts this year. This is the first time in a very long time where you said, look, you know, we're going to have a good dinner. We're just going to kind of chill out. And it's like, because I don't need anything. I really don't need anything. And uh, if I can take, you know, the money I was going to spend on worthless gifts and stuff like that and just spread that around a little bit, then, hey, that's, that's, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm down with it, you know. So I think that's kind of what we're doing this year. Just going to enjoy some, you know, some family, some company, some, some grub. Yeah, sit back and just uh, enjoy the day and be there in the moment. But, uh, right. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I got to, so the other, like about a week ago, I went around, I went shopping, took my mom out shopping around. I went and I decided I was going to shop local this year. So I go around and I get everybody, go to all the local stores, which we've got, a, there's a lot of cool stuff here in town. If you've never been to every single shop and just kind of looked around, there's a lot of good stuff. So, yep, sure so is. whole day shopping and then get a call from my sister at about five o'clock. And she's kind of, she's like, well, you know, cause they've had a lot of stuff going on with them this year. And she's like, well, this year, she's like, can we just not give each other gifts and not do the whole gift thing this year? And I was like. Oh, that's fine. But then she kind of already realized because I already said I'd been shopping. She's like, or is it too late? And I was like, well, I was like, you know, and I'm just like, I I had fun getting presents for people. And it's more about giving to me. I don't really care if I get anything or not. So I'm kind of like, I have enough stuff. I've been kind of trying to get rid of the stuff I have. So I don't, I, and I told him, I was like, I I had fun giving you guys gifts. Like, I don't care if I get anything in return, but not going to give them all back. <laughs> I, I kind of think uh, the more people I talk to, that's kind of the attitude that people are having these days. It's just like, you know, I, I really don't need anything. I'm, I'm good to go because, uh, and we'll get into this later on the show, but uh, there's so much craziness and I call it collective psychosis that's happening with throughout the entire world. And it's because of COVID and all these other kinds of things that are going on. And uh, people have had, had to kind of st- take a step back and really kind of see what's important in your life and what isn't. But uh, speaking of which, Okay, I'm going to ask you three things or two things or one thing that you hate about Christmas. Oh, I, probably the first one is I, I hate the the pressure it puts on people and particularly poverty stricken families. And that I mean, if you look at the stits, you get bad things, suicides, depression, a lot of that happens during the Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, and and then I I kind of hate the fact that to go along with that I don't really like the whole buying gifts thing. Like I I think it's kind of stupid to expect gifts from people. And I I mean like I said I personally enjoy buying gifts, but there was years where I didn't really have the money, and then I felt bad because I couldn't get gifts. So I th- I just I think it's kind of a tradition that kind of creates a lot of that stress. Yeah, for sure. And then third thing. Um, Christmas music. I hate the music. I'm oh. sorry. I know oh, everybody. I'm, that's a very unpopular opinion, always. But I got a story. Right. <laughs> so, and, and we're gonna talk some more about that uh, in, in our last segment too. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, so when I was when I was 14, well, in the state of Colorado, you could legally have a real job when you're 14. Before that, I was mowing lawns and I did some babysitting and stuff like that. But 14, you could actually have a real payroll job. So I got a job working at Santa's workshop. And, you know, it's a Christmas-themed music park. And everybody thinks it's cool because you go there once or twice a year when you're a visitor. And, you know, you go there, you're like, oh, Christmas and summertime. Like, this is cool. Well, when you work there, that's 40 hours a week, 
You're listening to Christmas music. And then when I was a kid, they made me do this thing where they had this mechanical elf that sings like country Christmas songs. Oh, no. They used to make me dress up as an elf in this little elf costume <laughs> and dance with all the little kids. Oh, my God. And and, and yeah, so, so I think I like almost had PTSD from like 20 years ago because literally this park would open in May and run all the way to Christmas Eve's their last day. And I would have to listen to Christmas music 40 hours a week. Like, you know, and when you're 14, you that's embarrassing for you to dance oh. with a bunch of kids. And, and then, of course, one time my parents come to visit the park and they made me do the pole show and dance <laughs> from the kids while my parents were there. And then they pointed them in the direction of where they sold disposable cameras. Oh, no. <laughs> you were that guy. You're the, you're yeah. the most popular guy at all of the North Pole. Up there. <laughs> yeah, so... So uh, I don't know. So I still, to this day, I just don't like, really like Christmas music. So I feel like I could just start singing any single one because I, cause I worked there like three years of my life. So oh, man. 40 hours a week for three years. Uh, Christmas music all day long. What about three things? That, you kind of already covered the three things that you kind of like already, though. And that's like, you know, giving without uh, having to get anything in return, that kind of thing. But uh, I think uh, for me, I'm, I'm with you. The, the three things, like, I don't know if there's three things or not, but the thing I hate the most is shopping. <laughs> Yeah. And the pressure and all that kind of stuff. I remember last year because, you know, we were still under this this whole muzzle thing. And uh, I went to Dick's Sporting Goods to, I can't remember what I was buying, but, uh, oh, it was, it was uh, we were buying, we always buy a gift for the house. That's what we do. So we were buying a, a bench for our, our, our home gym. And I remember standing there with my muzzle on at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, and there's a bazillion people standing there in line. Not a single one of them was social distancing not a single one of them. We were all crammed in there like sardines. And of course, you know, the, the, the Dick Sporting Goods elf would come around and say, oh, make sure you're, you're six feet apart. <laughs> Dude, that went right in one ear and out the other. I was standing there with 300 pissed off people just wondering why everything is taking so long. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's the week before Christmas, you idiot. <laughs> so so that's that's one of them for me and, and the pressure that it puts on. Expectations, because, you know, I spent a lot of Christmases in a, in a big city. And, you know, of course, you go to L.A. or New York or Chicago or someplace like that, people are pissed off 24-7 anyway. And then you, you throw, you know, pressure on top of that. Uh, the second thing I hate is uh, drunk drivers. Right. Uh, to me, it's like, uh, you know, if you're going to go out and be responsible and have a good time, that's that's all cool. And, and uh, I was that, uh, there was a survey that was done that said, uh, who was the worst family member at your Christmas party, your family Christmas party? It's always the drunk uncle. Dude, I was I was the drunk uncle for a lot of years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, I wasn't being a jerk, I don't think. I, I, I don't know. I was that drunk uncle guy. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's me for sure. But uh, yeah, I think those are the two top things. And and uh decorations in stores in October. You know, I was just going to ask you if I could add another one, so I will since you just added that, you know. I've been thinking about this lately. This is the newest thing that's bugged me about Christmas. It's how long it is. You know, we have, what, like 10 holidays every year. Most of them are a day. All right, Halloween, you might it might drag out for a week or two, but Christmas starts like after Halloween. And it yeah. goes for like two months. It's not just one day. Like right two after Halloween. Two months of the music, two months of the decorations, <laughs> two months of Santa, the shopping, the elves, like all of it. It's like, can we reduce that maybe in the future? And there's a very few percentage of people who will actually shop at that time because everybody yeah. waits to the last minute. You know, we're, we're procrastinators. Exactly. So it's like, you're just annoying me for longer than you need to be. <laughs> 
Oh man, here comes the hate mail. <laughs> but uh, the thing that I do love about Christmas, I, I like to decorate. I think, uh, you know, because uh, I have a I have a background, obviously, in, in film and television. And uh, for me, it's fun. It's fun just to throw up some lights and make. I actually make scenes. So if you ever come up to the Bear Cave or have to check it out here in that area, and and you, you'll walk through. So people judges, you actually have to get out of your cars to look at things. So if you if you kind of walk up and, and see things, there's different little scenes that are around. And I I do the same thing with Halloween. I, I, I dig that part of it. Uh, I like the part when coming to small communities like this and everybody's pretty chill anyway. You know, pretty nice people up here in Teller County for the most part. But for some reason, a few days they get a little nicer sometimes. It's it's either one or the other. Either they're just pissed off and, and uh, you know, throw a shopping cart at you or they're like uberly nice. So I think we need to find kind of like a middle ground somewhere. But uh, Anyway, moving along from that, uh, as we're wrapping up the season, memorable stories, both uh, local and nationally. And, I, and I'll go first on this one. I think the uh, the biggest memorable story, the biggest story for me since we've been doing the show, and, and we're eight months into this social experiment now, the one that stands out was uh, last year, and I can't remember what proposition it was, but the, the morons who were saying that we need to outlaw fishing and... If you're veterinarian, you can't do any kind of artificial insemination. Remember those guys? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the vegans from Boulder? Yeah. That was one of the biggest stories that stood out for me, um, at least locally or within the state. And, uh, yeah, that stupid woke bill that they try to put through there. Right. I mean, I, I think the, the head of every cowboy was spinning in circles. It's like, wait a minute, I can't ride a horse. I can't uh, I can't do any kind of insemination. I can't, uh, you know, do veterinarian practices because it's evil to the animal. And, oh, by the way, let's throw fishing in there because that's a bad thing, too. Hey, look, you know, I get your holier-than-thou point, but uh, just because you're a vegan doesn't mean the rest of us are. So, yeah. I'm glad those dummies went away. Okay, the second one for me was uh, Governor Yoga Pants' stupid gun laws. Colorado passed one of the dumbest gun laws ever, and thank God we have a a county where we just kind of went, yeah, that's dumb, we're not doing that. Gun locks upon gun locks on safes and everything else, and uh, it's all knee-jerk reaction to what happened in Boulder, and that was a horrible thing, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm, uh, I'm all about uh, having a peaceful existence, but, uh, you know, you want to stop that kind of thing, then... uh, let that barista in that store carry his weapon. Nationally, well, let's let's go back. Let's go back to local. What what do you think are some of the ones that stood out for you this year? Didn't really prep this much at all, so I haven't pre-thought any of this. But the first thing that really popped in my mind was the the Chancy Colwell debacle. Oh this yeah, is the guy that Canyon City police officers tried to pull him over in Canyon City, so he didn't stop, let him on a police chase all the way up Shelf Road, which. I don't know if you've been there, but I couldn't imagine trying to run from the police on that road. I should have taken High Park. But anyways. There's no place to run. <laughs> yeah. So so he takes him on this big chase up Shelf Road. They block off Cripple Creek so he can't get up there. So he starts shooting at everybody. He, he misses everyone, basically. So then he goes and he, he, run, he takes him on a chase all the way to Skagway, dumps his car, takes off running in the woods. They don't find him until the next day when they see... This old abandoned cabin has smoke coming out. So they finally get it. He takes off running again, finally tackle him in the woods, find a gun strapped to him. So arrest him, and then after he's in there sitting for a while, he gets trustee status and escapes from the jail. And he's he made it out like five days before he goes back to his old little tweaker friends in Canyon City. And yeah, went back to the exact yeah. same location. Yeah. And then, of course, somebody anonymous tip, and they raid the house. He ran again, but they caught him, and... <laughs> 
To me, that was just a, it was a horrible thing. He shot at deputies, scumbag. It was kind of just entertaining for me following up all this. And what's this guy going to do next sort of thing? Well, it becomes so ridiculous at a point that, um, you know, the insanity is, it's, it's like watching a train wreck or a plane crash. It's like, it's a horrible thing, but you just can't take your eyes off of it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's kind of what that guy was. Right, yeah. Yeah, so he'll do some time in the hole. <laughs> and then the other one, God, I'm going to get beat up on this one bad, but... The other one, and it goes along the same ridiculous lines, is honestly the school board election. Like, that was the most ridiculous, divisive, and it's still going on. It's still being ridiculous as they get sworn in and they're going to meetings. We'll talk about a little bit about that later, but, I mean, the things that are being said in these meetings, the things that have been said through the campaign, like... Sex, drugs, and rock and roll is like a sugar-coated version to explain all the stuff that's been talked about. Like, it has just been foul and crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nationally, for me, I think um, I think the big stories are obviously COVID. And um, a couple of days ago on our Facebook page, I posted the uh, Joe Rogan Experience podcast with Dr. Peter McCullough. And it's fascinating. And you should get on there and listen to it because he talks about um, what's happening with COVID, the ridiculous responses that we've had. As a worldwide uh, people, I guess, for lack of better terms, we failed. We failed because we bought into hype. We've silenced people who who are trying to treat patients. And that's not what we're doing. We're not treating patients. We're, we're treating people in a hospital. And by the time you get to the hospital, it's almost too late you know, for some people. And, uh, but, but you should definitely listen to that because he talks about, and I'm going to say it, I admitted it because I, I talked about ivermectin and how it was just a bunch of stupid stuff. Well, uh, since we did that podcast, I've done a lot of research into ivermectin, into mefloquine, into hydroxychloroquine. You're going to get our podcast pulled now, Dave. Yep, so yep. Be into uh, monoclonal antibodies, all the stuff that actually works when you're treating patients as the symptoms arise. Yoga Pants is moving the goalpost one more time because now he says in Colorado to be fully vaccinated, you have to have all three shots. Well, then it'll be four, then it'll be five, then it'll be six. But uh, that was one of the biggest stories for me. The other one was uh, the knuckleheads who were storming the Capitol January 6th. And, uh, you know, again, I don't think it depends on who you listen to. I mean, if you listen to AOC, she was almost uh, murdered and raped, and she was like, I don't know, four or five miles away from the whole thing. But the drama that that has caused and still is causing to this very day, now we have uh, committees and deciding if Donald Trump was in charge, you know, he, he was a, whatever the case may be. It was, it was a bunch of opportunists that were pissed off because they think the election was stolen and went to the Capitol and stormed it. And as a result, a bunch of people were killed. But anyway, that was a big story. That's just uh, personal opinions. And, uh, but like I say, you know, get on that podcast and listen to it. And, and uh, uh, the last thing I think to me is the absolute ban on freedom on both of the woke coasts and what I think is the mask hoax. So if we, if we wear enough muzzles, you know, all the time, you keep people in line, there's, there's just this whole craziness that's going on in the world. But anyway, uh, when we come back, it's uh, more happenings in Woodland Park and other places with uh, Trevor. So stick around. Don't go away. By making gradual changes in your life, you can achieve your goals. Perhaps it's a change in your diet, losing a few pounds, or reducing stress in your life. You can always improve your health. Animus Wellbeing practitioners in Woodland Park believe that beauty radiates from within because 
Being healthy is beautiful. No matter what your age, they can help you improve and enjoy a better quality of life. If you want to explore ideas on how to achieve a more mindful and healthier way of life, you've come to the right place. They currently offer nutritional consultations, personal cooking classes, catering, and even guided meditation sessions for both group and individuals. Let them help you achieve a life of optimal well-being. Check them out at Animus Wellbeing. That's A-N-I-M-A-S-W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G dot com. are back in the bear cave and it's time for our field producer and journalist du jour trevor phipps with some local news and happenings uh trevor i gotta think that the uh the leading craziness has got to be the woodland park school board and uh i've you know I've, I've been following some of the ongoings online and uh the first meeting was kind of okay and then the there was another meeting i guess where teachers got up and walked away but uh and were accusing school board members of being rude in public and Anyway, there's a whole bunch of craziness. Why don't you, you can, you can wrap it up for us. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm going to give the very sugar-coated version of what happened. But. That's okay. We only have a, we only have a day for this whole podcast. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Let's see. The first school board meeting, they basically just, they restructured the board. They picked presidents and all that. And then they decided to have an extra meeting. Um, They had the special meeting was, Last week, and basically it was all like educational pr- presentations. Um, the first one is they had a lawyer that basically told them the role of the school board, talked about the role of the school board and the superintendent, that sort of thing. Then they had Brian Gustafson kind of give a spit speech about the process to chartering a charter school under the district. And then the last one was they talked about their policies regarding controversial subject matter in schools. And that generated a few comments and quite a bit from the school board. Um, but probably the, the biggest thing, probably the most interesting or biggest part was the public comment section. I don't know, for some reason, it's just you can see the divisiveness. I guess it's happening everywhere, but it's just they're really divided. And, and the other thing that kind of got to me was it seemed like they did kind of talk about like, it's almost like that was the whole reason all these guys ran was to get Merritt Academy chartered. Like this is be- this is the biggest subject right now out of everything. After the second meeting, it's all about Merritt right now. All the public comments were talking. They were either for Merritt. And then there's a lot of teachers that are talking against it. And then there's teachers that brought up the subject like, why don't you fix what we have instead of spending three hours talking about gaining a new school when you have problems with the schools that you're already running? Now, l- let me ask you this. Who are, who are the people that were complaining the, the loudest? I heard that uh, some of the teachers were all wearing red for whatever reason. And you know, which, which, whichever story you believe, that's, you know, some of them were saying that, uh, oh, they're just, you know, they're wearing red because of, uh, you know, they're supporting a teacher or, or whatever the case may be. But then I was told that they all got up and walked out because of some disparaging comment that one of the board members made. Is that kind of true or was that just yeah. a perception? Full disclaimer, right off the bat, I was not at the meeting. I was unable to go because they told me they're at capacity, which was frustrating on a lot of ends for a lot of people, not just me. That's a lot of people. <laughs> but so, so I couldn't get in. So luckily the school district were very nice and very friendly and forthcoming. And they provided an audio 
recording to me of that very quickly, quicker than they probably ever would because of the situation. And so I was able to listen to it. I was hearing the audio. I, I did hear from other people that were there that they were all wearing red. David Resterholtz, the president, told me that too. And I think it was to support some sort of teacher. I'm not sure exact background on that. but A teacher allegedly was being disciplined or something like that, right? And then, you know, they were all in support of that, that teacher. Possibly. And, and then the other side I possibly heard, which I'm not sure is more kind of rumor, but so supposedly there's a school board member that during his campaign was bragging about as soon as I get elected, I'm going to fire X. And it was some teacher he was, he's been bragging about he's going to fire. Oh boy. So there was one side of this is that they're scared. The teachers are scared that a lot of them are going to get fired. They're scared to talk because they think they're going to have a target on their back. So I heard from one person that they were wearing red to support the teacher that the school board member is talking about axing. Whether that's 100% sure or not, I don't, I don't know. See, and, and most of the comments I saw like on, uh, on Nextdoor and public pages and stuff like that were kind of a response to, uh, you know, they were being looked down upon and they were being threatened. And to your point, I mean, it was all fear. I mean, people are just like scared. They don't want to say anything. And, and uh, just for the record, we posted on our, our social media pages that we want to hear from those people. And if you're a teacher and you want to talk about what's going on in your mind, you know, we will hold you um, under a cloud of anonymity. We're not going to reveal whoever you are, but we just want to hear from both sides, you know? We can alter your voice. Well, we have the capability. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, there's a tremendous amount of fear of backlash and everything else. And uh, it all kind of boils down to, because I'm with you. I thought it was kind of weird that you take party lines in a school board position and you're getting funding and money. So there's there's something else that's going on here. It's not just about kids who are leaving Woodland Park because of a curriculum they think just, you know, flat out sucks. And to be honest, like one thing that's aggravated me, me the most is you've heard that exact fact that you're talking about brought up hundreds of times and it's still getting brought up by the school board members. And when I did my interview with the new superintendent, when he asked me questions, I brought it up to him and he basically showed me the numbers like we're losing Woodland Park loses 240 students to the Springs area every year. And but we gain like. 230 from Cripple Creek. So if you actually look at the actual facts and the numbers, we're not really, we're, we're gaining about as many as we're losing. That's like the entire population of Cripple Creek. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's being made a bigger issue by a certain faction of people than it really is. The main reason why enrollment has been steadily dropping the last 10 years is the fact that the demographics in the city and in the county are changing. It's got a lot more expensive to live here in the last 10 years. You So you have re, people are coming here to retire. When I was a kid, all my friends and peers' parents, they're still here. They brought their family here and never left. So it's I think it's more has to do with the demographics changing than it does the school board not doing their job for 10 years or whatever people are trying to blame. It. Some of the other comments I saw too was um, it was almost like, it's election frenzy and election collective ego because it's like, okay, now we're in charge and you guys are out. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's this yeah. party lines thing that, that in my opinion has no business in, right. on, on being on the school board. And that's kind of what I thought was really weird, but that's the perception. People are going, oh, well, you know, they're, they're woke and we don't want to see, you know, which I agree. I don't want to see, you know, certain curriculum being taught like uh, critical race theory and right. stuff like that, because it's a theory. It's an unproven theory and it should be done at the collegiate level. And not. But at the, the other theory. argument on the other side is that it wasn't being taught. None of this stuff was actually happening. So you have this group of people that are right. 
all passionate about stop something from happening that's not happening already. Well, it goes back to that whole collective ego thing that I'm saying. It's just like, you know, it's just like a snowball. Someone <laughs> says something and everybody just piles on without checking yeah. the, you know, I did the same thing with the ivermectin, you know, so <laughs> yeah. I'm guilty. One of the school board members, I won't use his name, but it was one of the school board members that basically during his closing remarks, and I, I didn't like how the way he put it, and I didn't like his speech either. Oh, do tell, do tell, it, do tell. He basically, well, he started out with his speech saying, oh, I'd like to thank all the staff for being here three hours and thank everybody coming and blah, blah, blah. And then, so he started talking about staff. I'll say his name. Wasn't it Ellingsworth that said that? I, I don't care. I <laughs> yeah. mean- Let's, yes, let's, 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 yes. let's call it out like it is. You know? So, so he starts by thanking everybody and it's fine. And then immediately after this, like half handed, thank you, he turns into, but ladies and gentlemen, the enrollment is the problem. It wasn't satisfactory. Then it wasn't satisfactory 10 years ago. It's not satisfactory now. And after a while, I'm listening to it about the third satisfactory was when you hear, <laughs> People start walking up. You start hearing comments. That you can tell that's when they got up and walked out. And he didn't really like back off when that was happening. He kind of doubled down and basically said something the gist of we we were elected in a contested election that hasn't happened for 20 years to represent all the constituents and not just the staff. And we are going to do so without intimidation. He basically was saying that as they're walking way out. So basically, he went full on straight jacket. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna give this guy a little bit of credit. He he's a district attorney, so I mean, he's been trained to be very hard spoken, very you know direct, very like he's not gonna sugarcoat stuff. I'll say it a different way. He's a okay. That's, I, I'll get it out there. I, I can I can say that. I mean, I you know. Yeah, I try, I try to stay in neutral because. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I I, need to well, I am being neutral. Yeah, I, I am being neutral. And it's like, uh, you know, uh, you, you know how I feel about attorneys anyway. I mean, they're just all all paid actors. But uh, anyway, needless to say, we're going to keep a finger on the pulse. And, and uh, but, but one point I want to bring up. So, it, you know, the, the next day I'm getting all these phone calls and all these people like, oh, my God, the teachers walked out. Oh, I bet you in were. In the middle of the speech and blah, 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 blah. And so let, let me go ahead and give this one little tidbit of fact. On the recording, the... School board meeting was three hours and 57 minutes. Ouch. The teachers walked away at three hours and 54 minutes. So, like, <laughs> they, they literally, like, walked out two to three minutes before it ended anyway. Yeah, fair enough. But like I say, you know, we're, this is a, a story that's uh, even bigger than the Woodland Park City Council, which is, I mean, that's just low-hanging fruit as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay, well, uh, moving on. Last week we talked about the cheerleaders winning state, and uh, you attended uh, an event yesterday that— uh, was kind of a, a surprise to the community. Why don't you talk to us about uh, the cheerleaders? Yeah, so, well, they actually had a plan on Friday, but since they didn't have school Friday, they rescheduled it Monday, and they did a assembly to congratulate the cheerleaders for winning second place in state. Basically, they called all the kids out of school early and had them go to the gym, and then the cheerleaders did the routine that they competed in state with in front of everyone. And when I was talking to coach before the presentation she was telling me also since so they won their league qualified for state and then got second in state by winning their league they qualified to go to the national competition in february in orlando florida disney world well since there's some rule that any if any sports team travels outside of the state for a sporting event they have to get approval from the school board and the school 
superintendent. And she basically told me, she's like, yeah, we're accepted, but we don't know if we can go. We haven't received approval from the school board yet. So they did their routine and all this. And then at the end, the principal comes up and gives a little speech and thanks them. And then at the very end, he goes, oh, and by the way, you guys are going to nationals. We got it approved and kind of wait, surprised them and waited to tell them while they were in front of their whole school. And, and then he also talked about, I don't remember the exact numbers, but they, they got a grant and then the school board came up with some money to match the grant. So they raised a few thousand dollars, a school district for the girls to go, but they're going to need another like 14,000 in order to make it happen. And they're putting, they're going to be doing a lot of fundraising. They have a GoFundMe page and I'll, I'll get a link at one point and it'll be on the This Week in the Bear Cave Facebook page. Yeah, maybe we can get, uh, you and I talked about this before, but uh, you know, maybe we can get the uh, parents or somebody to come on and, and talk to us about that because that's kind of a big deal. And also, you know, when you could compete at nationals, I mean, that's, I know, I'm well, I shouldn't say I know, but I'm pretty sure that that's on ESPN. It's national exposure. It's, uh, it's good for the community. And, uh, you know, ladies, congratulations. I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, moving on, how about uh, boys basketball? How are we doing in Woodland Park? Um, they're, they're actually doing really good. Um, they went into their first league game last Saturday with a 3-2 and two record. Unfortunately, they played their first league game was against St. Mary's, who was who was 6-0 and coming into the game. And they were, I think, state champions or at least league champions last year. And it's a good team. And they came in Saturday and they beat Woodland Park. Pretty significant score by about 30 points. Oh, ouch. And, but it was their first league game and, you know, with their new coach, so... Hopefully it's signs of better things to come. Um, unfortunately, they don't start up again until next year. They're off right now. All sports are paused until the first of the year. Well, you know, I mean, so that makes them, what, 3-3 three and three now? Yeah. So they're, you know, and they're 0-1 going into where they're going to play their league games. But they're doing better than they did last year and have in the past. So that's good. How about, uh, how about the ladies? How about the girls' basketball team? How are they doing? So the ladies, um, they basically have started their league about the same, about half and half around 500 give or take but they have they've kind of improved a lot they've beat some teams this year non-league teams but they beat some good teams that people didn't think they were going to win so they're they're actually coming around too and the coach told me that he's really impressed at how better they know the game now compared to last year last year that was the biggest thing he was still teaching a lot of the younger ones the basics of the game he says he, they've got that down pretty much now, and they're working out, becoming a good team. That's yeah, all about experience and, and games, and, and uh, that's one thing I, I think that, that some uh, schools and some coaches up here, at least in Teller County, they're not afraid to play better teams, and they're not afraid to lose because it's going to make them better, which is contrary to most of the country who's like, oh, God, we lost you. Know, it's, a, it's a bad thing. And it really isn't. And if you're building on that and you're winning games and you're progressing forward, Hey, that's an awesome thing in my my opinion. But uh, all right, anyway, uh, we'll, we're going to continue to follow all that stuff through uh, through next year. But uh, right now, it is time for news of the weird. And in keeping with the uh, kind of the holiday tradition, whole city council bans Santa hats. Now, this is in the UK, so get this one. This is this is insane, which is not surprising. You know, by the way, the world. But um, anyway, waste disposal operatives, which are called bin men, uh, bin men, bin men, bin people, whatever. <laughs> anyway, they have been banned from wearing Santa Claus hats this Christmas because apparently it's because of health concerns and on health grounds. What? So COVID like Santa hats now? No, it gets better. These are all Grinches. 
<laughs> yeah, cringes. The refuse collectors in Kingston upon Hull in the UK have worn traditional red hats for several years. Well, city council Scrooges think it does not create a professional impression of the council. Of the council, who cares? They're collecting trash. Angry refuse collectors have told the newspapers that it doesn't look like anyone can escape the PC brigade this year. Right, when we thought it was just happening here. <laughs> yeah. Our Santa hats have always brought a bit of festive cheer to local households. Yay! We love seeing the faces of excited kids watching us from the window and laughing at our hats. It's been a tradition for Christmas, but not anymore. A spokesman for the East Yorkshire City reportedly had said, employees can wear Christmas hats in their own time. <laughs> Wearing them during work does not create a professional impression. Further, further, there can be health and safety implications should hats get caught in the way of dangerous machinery operation. <laughs> oh, boy. I, yeah, I guess that little fuzzy thing on the top of it, man, can caught it all sorts of things. Okay, the only way I can see that hat is, like, if you stick your head into the back of the trash you know, compactor in the truck, okay, I get that part, but... Uh, maybe there was an incident, you know? <laughs> like, maybe the city council's being reactive to something that happened that we just don't know about, you know? Yeah, they're probably still wearing masks, too, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's just, uh, it's ridiculous. So if you're wearing a Santa hat, keep your head out of the trash compactor. <laughs> we don't want to see more headlines. <laughs> yeah, the back end of the, the garbage truck, if you're wearing a Santa hat, that's a bad thing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so here's to you, Scrooges. Maybe, would an elf hat be okay then? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> it reflects poorly on the city council. <laughs> All right, moving on to entertainment news. And uh, again, we are making a move here in the Bear Cave to ban all of Mariah Carey's Christmas songs forever. <laughs> I like this one. All I Want for Christmas is You is this year's most hated Christmas song <laughs> in the entire world. I wish I had an applause button right here. <laughs> like, we can make that happen. Uh, we tend to agree in the Bear Cave. In fact, we think it sounds like cats in a blender and I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Have you ever heard what cats in a blender sound like? Yeah, Mariah Carey. <laughs> No, I know. I don't like love songs or Christmas songs, and that's kind of both. <laughs> like, yeah. Ugh. So, uh, Mariah, sorry, but uh, you will not be played in the Bear Cave, and hopefully on the face of the earth forever. But uh, anyway. Yeah, that's the number one Christmas song, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I just cringe. I mean, yeah, it's 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 definitely like you know chalkboard nails and. Anyway, moving on, it is uh, time for the bear pile. And uh, as you know, if you've been listening to our show, each week we nominate top subjects, people, and or events who should be tossed on the bear pile and eaten by the bears. Well, results from last week's nominations, uh, the winner being dumped on the bear pile to be eaten by the bears this week is... None other than Jeff Bozos or his... Corporate heartfelt condolences to the employees and families the day after he partied with all the astronauts that flew on that uh, phallic rocket. <laughs> now, Jeff, uh, you better open up that fatty wallet of yours and take care of all those people who lost their lives working for you in the salt mines. That's all we can say. So uh, yeah. make it right there, Jeffy. Uh, this week, we don't really have that many nominations or any nominations at all. We're going to kind of wrap up the bear pile for 2021. And uh, I kind of did a count to the best of my recollection. I should do a better job of this. But uh, people making the bear pile the most last year, who do you think it is? City Council. Bingo. 
Yes. The Woodland, <laughs> the Woodland Park City Council was tossed on the bear pile four times. And that's that's just what we can remember. So we're gonna start keeping a count from that one. But so who's so? What's some predictions? Who do you think will be some contenders for him this year, next year coming up? Well, it's hard to say because uh, Sniffy Joe has been in there twice. Yoga Pants has been in there twice. Obama They're has been stay in there in twice. There. Yep. They're all probably gonna keep going back and forth. And uh, the Donald has been on there. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, I think some of the most memorable stories from the Bear Pile for me. I have two of them. And uh, the one from last week is the one that stands out. And that was the lady breastfeeding the hairless cat on a Delta flight. <laughs> Can you imagine? The cat was like squealing and like hated it too. It the so cat hard. is freaking out. <laughs> and this lady has got her lady parts hanging out trying to stuff a hairless cat into, uh, into nursing from her. And it's like, who does that? I mean, if you're sitting next to, she was in 13A, I think was the seat. If you're the guy sitting in 13B, oh man, you know, either either I'm laughing so hard uncontrollably or most of the people are probably freaking out because you got this hair, like hairless cats are kind of creepy anyway, but uh, then you get this lady trying to breastfeed a hairless cat. Oh boy, that's, that's one of them. And uh, I think the second one that stuck out this year for me was, uh, it was one of Doug's stories. And I think it was the dude that fell into the paper mache, either a dragon or dinosaur, and died. <laughs> so it's like, uh, all right, uh, I, that was those are the two that kind of stuck out for me. Yeah. Do, you, do you have any that you remember you liked a lot? Part just just the, it, what it amazed me how many times and how many different reasons the city council got thrown in there, and I, I think that that's just the biggest. When I think of the bear pile, the first thing that comes to my mind is Woodland Park City Council, and I can like picture each one of their faces in my head. And, and then, like I said, it's just it's memorable how many times and for how many different reasons they were thrown in. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, there's hope because uh, now we have the Woodland Park uh, School Board or the uh, Bear Pile Worthy Organization. Yeah, I, I can see a cage fight happening here, but uh, <laughs> don't worry. The bears will still be hungry by next year. And there's, uh, you know, there'll be plenty of garbage for them to feed on, I'm sure. Just trust me. But uh, all right. Well, once again, we are finished for not only this week, but for this year of uh, 2021. Adios. Glad you are gone as far as I'm concerned. It's not as bad as 2020, but it's still pretty pretty bad year we're moving on that nah, wasn't great at all but you know the good thing about this whole thing is that uh, that means that we're getting uh, a little bit closer to getting rid of sniffy and obama well <laughs> well one way or another they're one step closer to being removed from office whether it's uh, old age not getting voted back in but uh, you know that's that's the good thing that's come out of it anyway i'd like to thank our sponsors abode real estate animus well-being and uh all of our sponsors who came on this year to make this a great year, I hope that uh, you'll come back. Also today, I want to thank our special guests, Renee Bunting, Tommy Allen, and of course, our field producer and journalist du jour, Trevor Phipps, for always coming in and uh, backing us this whole time. We also want to thank all of our guests who have come on to the Bear Cave this year, and a special Merry Christmas goes out to our old friend, Doug Hetzler, who started this journey with me. Hope uh, you and LZ are having a great holiday season down there in Tejas. Also, we want to thank uh, all of our listeners for writing us and sharing their opinions and comments, whether we liked them or not, or whether we wanted them or not. But uh, yeah, then again, we asked for it. Remember, if you have an event coming up or you just want to become a sponsor of the show, just hit us up on our Facebook page, This Week in the Bear Cave, or on our Instagram page with the same name. Or again, now you can access the show on Podbean, Anchor by Spotify or Spotify. 
Remember, your hate mail can be sent to you this week in the bear cave at gmail.com. So, uh, yeah, come on board. Give us the good or the bad and uh, help us throw somebody on the bear pile. There are no guests next week because the bear cave is going to be dark through New Year, but we promise we'll be back with a new show and some interesting guests and maybe some format changes in 2022. I mean, we I think we have a couple of surprises for you. Until next time or next year, be well and thanks for listening. Sweet dreams, Sam and Max. This Week in the Bear Cave is produced by Animus Productions, all rights reserved in perpetuity. Music